Welcome in. Fresh in the morning, guys. How are we doing today, Pat? Doing great. Thank you for having me on, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. We got Pat Rafino here. Uh, Pat, you've got a, a quite extensive background, um, very athletically inclined for sure. But man, I've been seeing your work for probably a good year or so is when it got on my radar. You got some great pieces, great articles, great interviews. So appreciate you coming on today, man. Great, great time. I'm ready to talk to you and get to know you more. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I think I've been um, I've been at this game since 2021. Uh, sounds about right. But, you know, I've been <clears throat> a spring football aficionado for a little bit longer than that. Um, you know, I'm originally a New Yorker. And we, uh, what's the best way to describe it? You know, we, we, we got a taste in my lifetime, at least, of the XFL in 2001. So I remember the New York Hill, uh, Hitman and our, our head coach, I think, was uh, uh, Jerry DiNardo, who's an alumni of my school, uh, if, 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 you know, I'm not combining two things together. But, um, yeah, so that was, uh, you know, it was my first go around with this stuff. And then, you know, kind of fell in love with the UFL and the Spring League and uh, the AAF. And then eventually, you know, I got an opportunity to start writing about USFL and XFL, you know. Yes, sir. Now you write about XFL, USFL, and everything in between, correct? Yeah, I do. Um, I'll do some CFL if it's like relevant to me. Like I uh, keep tabs on a lot of the St. Louis guys because um, that's where I'm living at right now. So, uh, you know, a CFL guy makes makes a move up to you know Canada. I'll write about it uh, usually because I probably know them. To be honest with you, as well, and. Um, you know, we'll do some I it's kind of the same thing for the IFL as well. You know, like if it's someone that's in in my space that comes there. Uh I still keep tabs on like CFL and IFL. Um but only but I'm mostly following like players more than players more than uh more than teams, you know. I don't I don't really have a favorite team. Understood. And you give these guys like an avenue to, to just voice themselves. And so that's pretty cool, man, that you, you do that. There's a lot of interviews on there that you probably won't see, but it's filled with great information and, and great things that you can apply to many situations. And like, for example, right now on, on the screen, I've got your interview pulled up at the showcase from, uh, I think it was early summer with Russ Brandon. It was, yeah, it was July and um, I'm a little butthurt that that video didn't go, get a little bit more uh, love than it did because I definitely saw other people taking information from that and using it as their which which it's and I don't mean that in a slight, but it kind of felt like you know they were doing a, a similar video got more views and and I didn't you know what I mean so it is what it is you know I don't really get too geeked out about these things anymore you can't you know i'm doing my own thing i totally get it man and hell uh, when that came out you really brought some great info to light that we did not know i remember just about different um, items within the xfl and i'm gonna play a portion just like 10 15 seconds of this if it's cool because i just want everybody to see kind of your style I enjoy the on the ground reporting, especially when it's legitimate and you're not just trying to get a big rile or a headline or something. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, dude, let's show this off. I agree with you though. There was this is the the scape we we swim in, unfortunately. And that's part. Of it. Yep. I try my best whenever I get information myself personally to always credit sources or like if you see something on Twitter, like make sure the person you're getting this information from gets credited because it's it's important. It's not the all need be, but I mean, this, you obviously worked for this information. You're spending your own time, spending your own money. So I get it, man. Let's kick this up and uh, we'll go from there. You know, when I look at the 2020 version of the XFL, it gets criticism it doesn't deserve because it was going well. We had a pandemic that changed all of our lives, yeah. right? So what's happened for us is, you know, many – I wasn't involved in it then, but for us to be able to come back and bring the XFL back, um, we're committed for the long term. It was easy – a year ago I was saying the same thing, but people needed to see it. And I think people now realize that, you know, we're in this for the long haul. We're obviously here in St. Louis for the very long haul and uh, couldn't be more pleased with how uh, the league kicked off in year one. And we look forward to continuing to move the needle in year two and beyond. Yeah, man, that was a great interview. I remember, I mean, I was sitting at the edge of my seat waiting for this information and you came through with some great stuff. So once again, I appreciate your work, dude. And many of the others do as well, even if they don't say it. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think that day alone, man, um, let me pull it up real quick, but I think that day alone, I probably had seven videos I put out that day. And like, you know, it was from all spectrums of what was going on. You had, uh, obviously Russ Brandon, you know, Anthony Beck tipped his hat to some things. Um, Eric Magwood was there, and he – I'm going to pull them all up real quick, but Eric Magwood was there. Um, I got you on the screen. Yeah, there you go. So, if you go – yeah, so start from Steve Austin, and then, you know, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven different videos, you know, and uh, actually there's eight because up top – is I, I talked to a bunch of the players. Right. Who like, yeah. So I had Antoine Thompson who played at Mizzou, Sean Merriweather who played at Texas Tech. Um, other, you know, it was, just, it was just some of these guys that you didn't really know about, which is awesome. Like, yeah, Sean Merriweather was a JUCO guy and then went to Texas Tech. And that's just some of the videos I had you know, way more that some of them, the audio wasn't the best. And, you know, it's just, you're doing this on your phone and it's hot. And then like, I'm holding the phone up like this for, you know, three hours. And it was pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty awesome. But yeah, Sean's a good dude. Um, I mean, I think he had like 180 tackles his senior year and he had some CFL interest, but you know, his biggest problem in my opinion was he was a little bit flat footed um on his game tape so and then you know there's one guy his name is luke drone and he was a quarterback um and he's that's kid sutherland he's a d3 guy who he works out with a lot of these pro guys but if you go to luke drone with the western illinois played in the arena played with the bills for about five minutes then had i think a short stint with san francisco um 
Jalen Lashay short stint, like signed in the off season for a week and then released before he even got to the building. But um, Luke is awesome because he he's he's a high school football coach now. He's an offensive coordinator, I think, at Mount Carmel High School in Illinois. But he is 38 years old, and he just tried this out on a whim after playing pro arena ball for like five or six years. Hasn't played football, and he talks about that, you know. So, I mean, Luke was one of my favorite people to talk to. And, you know, he's he's not that big on social media, media, but one of my kids, he talks to him pretty regularly. So I have made sure to always voice my support for Luke. And, you know, also we got to talk to, um, you know, Jay, Jay Spurgeon is always fun to talk with, you know. And uh, in addition to Ball, you know, Ball Hawk One, who I don't think his real name is allowed to be said, but you know, no, no, he doesn't like that. <laughs> I you know what is I have him as his name in my phone. I, I call him that because it's, but um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I told you in messaging. I didn't even know his real name until you told me. <laughs> he never told me he was on the show. <laughs> Yeah, well, I met you know I met him at the games twice, and then I met him at the showcase, and I think that was a fun part of it too. Is you know Jay, um, you know Dirty, I, you know call me old fashioned. I like to call people by their real names, but um, okay, uh, Jason, you know Spurgeon in the in the Legion, and there was a couple other guys, and I'm missing their name, but they were out there, you know, tailgating, supporting. And not only that, just like hosting food for these guys as well, you know. And, uh, you know, it was fun for me as well. You know, it's never a bad time when you see any of, you know, like guys, guys, you guys you see during this season. So, you know, it's always nice to have a comment. But yeah, you know, I'm just in the, uh, I'm just in the parking lot at Missouri Baptist University and just chilling with, you know, my man over here who's dressed up in face paint and uh, a couple of tequila. <laughs> You know, dude, he's he's a great character to interview, man. I had him on a couple of weeks ago, so I like yeah. the authenticism in this. I like how you're. I mean, y'all are literally in a parking lot having an interview. It's it's awesome. Yeah. I have the, I have my little mics, you know. I was testing them out, see how they went, um, you know, and just and just kind of went with it, you know. I've talked to I've talked to you know both those guys so many times, you know, and. It's it's kind of a free flowing conversation, and you know it's the same thing with like even interview AJ McCarron and Coach Beck, and it's like you know I've been a, that was the best thing about you know XFL kind of providing these these uh, outlets to like do these you know daily media or yeah I guess we were pretty daily at one point daily media trips that uh you know you see them now it's it's not that awkward conversation anymore it's just like hey man. Yep. I, you know, and you know, I always loved Coach Beck because you know I met him when I was like six, seven years old when he played for the Jets, and you know when I met him in person the second time, I guess it was last November. I was like, you know, this is the second time we've met. And he goes, oh, when did we meet? And I was like, yeah, when I was a seven-year-old, uh, you know, a seven-year-old at Hofstra, you guys did training camp there. It was a, uh, you know, that's you know, I remember seeing you. You're the, you know, hot the. the the hot thing in, in camp because, you know, four first round picks the Jets had on, you know, so it was pretty, it's pretty awesome times back, back then. Still are awesome times. 
am I saying? It's still fun. <clears throat> I'm going to ask you more about some of your experiences here in a little bit, but I wanted to cover your show for sure because it needs some more eyes on it. Um, your show is Analyze and Educate, correct? That's the title? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, So the way I got that title is I when I was contracting overseas, my buddy ran an Instagram page called Analyze and Educate. It still does. Same Brody Kirkpatrick. He's a former Marine. Um, he's a poli-sci guy. And he does amazing work with, like, just the geopolitical nonsense of, like, overseas conflict. And, you know, him and I, we, we talked. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was just kind of, you know, I got a lot of love for him. But originally, the channel's goal was to just kind of be and they call it funker three i think it was funker 350 which is kind of like a g a g level version of live leak of like combat videos interesting so if you, yeah if you go down to some of my earliest videos i'm doing interviews with guys that i contracted with and like we're in black that were in blackwater and like yeah like my buddy Austin. that's but, awesome yeah, like these are guys who I work with in Afghanistan and, you know, in Iraq. And, you know, I was doing some different things and I keep them on there just because, uh, you know, they, they don't really get views anymore. So it's not like I'd be losing like hours or whatnot. I just keep it on there just as like a reminder, you know, like I don't, I don't forget. And uh, it's, you know, it was just kind of me and I did a lot of those videos overseas too which was fun i was in like you know my my chew or you know in my building and uh you know some of the you know my time in dubai you know I, it was that was me in haiti um wow yeah just going to the carnage i used to do a lot of stuff in haiti i still kind of do well, since we're talking about it, bro, I mean, why don't you tell us more about your background? I know your prior military security. I don't know too many details. I did look you up, but I mean, I try not to creep on folks. So you uh, want to just share more about yourself and then kind of like your background. That'd be awesome because, I mean, this military stuff is great, man. And it's it's cool how you've evolved your channel into what you want it to be. And you've still stayed humble to your original content. Yeah, I mean... You know, I was in the service for a couple of years, uh, about four and a half, <clears throat> did the Afghanistan thing while I was in the service. Um, originally, I wanted to, you know, when I got out, become a football coach because I played football in the Marines as well. Like, I wasn't very good, but like, I, you know, I just loved the game and, uh, you know, just goofy stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I got hurt. A couple times um you know just concussions and whatnot and i coached for like a year and a half maybe two years the thing is is when you're in the military like i say like one season right and uh i say i say one season but it, that one season could be two games because you could have a deployment you know and you're only around for two of those games so it's like i think total games I played in coach was probably like nine over four years and something like it, four wow. plus years. Yeah, so you, you know, so, busy. Yeah, we all were, you know, like our off tempo is pretty high. Um you know, when I got into the service we were we were pushing on uh what was it called? It was like 
Afghan, it was the Afghan push. They were expanding the service. So they were doing these battles and conflicts called, uh, like, <clears throat> you know, there was the Battle of Marja, and, you know, we used to say banging and singing, and, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of stuff push in Helmand province and whatnot. So, like, from, I want to say 2009 to, like, 2013 was a pretty heavy, like, U.S. casualty and NATO casualty and Afghan security force uh, casualty rates. And, I mean, it was pretty kinetic from, you know, just being a part of it. And then after that, I got out. I was um, in Charlotte, North Carolina, coaching football at, like, charter school. It just didn't work out. Um, you know, I... You know, I was a little bit young and brash and thought I knew more. And, you know, the coach, he, I don't want to say he was old school because I don't really think he was, but just even looking back on it now, um, I don't think I, like, it would have, we just wouldn't, we, we wouldn't, we weren't right for the staff, in my opinion. So got done with that um, and, you know, met a, a gentleman, he, you know, the coach didn't really pay me too much. So I still had a bill to pay. You know, I ended up getting into private security, um, you know, which I thought I was just going to be a bouncer at a bar. And uh, <laughs> you know, gentleman's driver. And I did that for a while. Um, you know, moved back to New York. Did, you know, just kind of kind of kept falling into jobs. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, like, can you help out? Hey, man, can you help out? Hey, man, can you help out? And, uh, you know, the next thing I know, like, I'm on a plane to go to Kosovo. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I'm just, I'm you know, I did Kosovo for about eleven months, ten months. Um, uh, came back, went to Indiana, worked for a family there, and obviously, there's more cooler details. But you know, some things, you know, NDAs and whatnot, still that are still active, and you know, in ten years, I'll I'll talk about it more. But uh, you know. You did that and went back to Afghanistan for about two plus years. Um, got real burnt out. Uh, you know, some things happened, and you know, you, you can Google what happened. In, you know, December 2019 on Bagram Air Base, and then everything in between. You know, I was a local national advisor, and uh, the brunt of the people who take the worst, you know, stuff during these conflicts are always the locals, and you know, every day. It was, you know, someone dealing with loss and, you know, it kind of just, you know, broke me down after a while and, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I, I wasn't doing the right things and uh, <clears throat> I had to kick back and, you know, was given that option to come home a little, you know, after about two plus years, <laughs> I, say come, I say come home early. Uh, my goal was three, but I didn't make it. So, you know, maybe maybe if I stood a couple more weeks, we would have seen what happened. But, uh, you know, after that, uh, COVID happened, and I went to New York as a medic. So, you know, I kept, comp you know, compounding the uh, trauma. Um, and then, you know, I'm watching this. The XFL is going on. I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, because I, I used to watch AAF games overseas all the time, man, because the time frame worked out for me, and they used to be, like, streamed on YouTube and whatnot. So I would watch AAF games, and, like, you know, I knew what the Spring League was because I lived in Texas for a while. I tried to get a job in the Spring League, 
And I remember getting geeked out because the former Texas quarterback, uh, David Ash, was in the spring league. Johnny Manziel was down there. And uh, there was just a lot of, like, these random names he hadn't heard about. And I was like, you know, this, is, this league's bad, you know, real cool, you know. And uh, But, yeah, you know, around 2020, did a couple more, like, little short stints to Haiti and whatnot. And then, you know, I just kind of realized that, especially because, you know, 2020, everyone dealt with their own their own stuff, you know, and – I mean, we were just nonstop because you know, I went from Afghan to COVID to, you know, civil unrest. I used to work with the media, you know, which is funny because now I see the media guys in the press box at the XFL games. And they're like, yo, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah Frank, who's in the I used to be <laughs> you know, doing their first when they're out in the riots and whatnot. Now it's like, up man <laughs> so, <laughs> you know because i'm because i'm fatter now and you know i used to keep when i did the riots i i had a big beard and then i shaved it because i didn't want anyone to know who i was you know so that's the big thing so like now they see me looking like this and they're like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's always funny when we uh cross paths with some of my report uh, reporters you know so it's we had, a, we had a good time hanging out. Oh. Well, I'll say publicly, man, uh, we appreciate your service. I don't know exactly what you've done or what you've had to do, but whether it was private or, or actually being in the military, you know, I, I appreciate it. So thank you. I know that sometimes we tend to forget what people sacrifice in those positions. So uh, I know do you feel like this show and football, it was kind of just a way for you to, to gather yourself and, and, and focus and get back on track yeah. somewhere or what? Yeah. I mean, it gave me like, I mean, I still work in the field. Um, cause I'm not making, you know, crazy amounts of money doing, doing this. So I still have to like keep my foot in that community sometimes, which, you know, to, you know, me and my partner, she's not really, you know, a biggest fan of, but neither am I, you know, um, just this morning I had to, you know, help out some guys do a movement at, uh, you know, three o'clock, three thirty. you know, they were coming in. I needed to help them out, do some logistics for them. And, you know, last night after practice, we got out a little bit early and I would have rather came home, but I had to move some vehicles around for guys and, you know, but it does, it does, unfortunately, you know, pays the bills and, you know, we're compensated very well for it. And, uh, you know, it just, I mean, with football, it's just, I'm a normal guy, you know, like they, they throw a couple, you know, uh, PBRs in me, then, you know, I'll, you know, sound more like I'm from New York and I'll get a little bit looser about it. But I mean, it's something that, you know, like when you're in this, when you're in a, you know, a uh, echo chamber of people, like all you do is talk about that stuff. It's like, you know, it gets a little exhausting because, you know, one of the coaches and I, we were talking, you know, about, you know, this, uh, a current conflict and he was explaining about it, like how he felt about like, you know, some of the things on social media he was seeing. And I was like, yeah, man, like, you know, here you go. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I mean, this is what this stuff is like. And he's like, how do you even have this? stuff?" I'm like, oh, I just know people who are over there, you know? And he's like, that's crazy to me. And it's like, I mean, 
you know, it's, it's, you, you sometimes gotta, you gotta realize like, you know, you're, you're kind of around people who, who are different in a good way. You know, and I, I, yep. I just, I like being a part of this community because, you know, it's, it's, it's normal. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but you know, you don't gotta be on a certain type of edge all the time. And, you know, it's like, no, uh, it's just, it's just a lot more relaxed and even like bad days at football practice are better than bad days, even working stateside sometimes, you know, dealing, dealing with certain clients and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, like I said, dude, we appreciate your service. I do, especially um, many military in my family. I'm not military, but have a lot of respect for them. And, and I know returning to life is kind of hard sometimes when you've been geared in that that kind of function for so long. Uh, so I'm glad that you found the outlet, seriously, because I know personally many men that, you know, they don't this doesn't get talked about enough, but they don't get the help they need when they come back. They don't they can't figure out how to integrate back into a society. And so it's great that you found that outlet and it's productive, man. I mean, like before I actually researched you, I could tell you were military, but I didn't realize you were so, so much military. If that makes sense. I didn't realize you were, you were that guy until I started actually looking into you more. So definitely, uh, definitely yeah, not. I've worked with <laughs> You're you're more that guy than most of us normal Americans, brother. And then you've done more probably than what we could ever do sitting in our couch watching TV. So once yeah. again, I appreciate it, bro. And just uh, don't think that uh, uh, people definitely they we we remember, and most of us here we respect people like you who've done what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I, I try to tell people a lot of times too, like you know, like. You know, you shouldn't respect me because, or you know, my military service or anything. You should respect me because, or if you if you think I you you know, it should be because, you know, I'm doing air quote the right things and being a decent guy. You know, I was like just because, and I always call it you know, you know, silly summer camp is what I used to call the mil. I still call the military. They're like. Well, what's what's boot camp like? I'm like I don't know summer camp, but like you know, I throw some drums in there. Like <laughs> <laughs> by people who can't read above a fourth grade level or something like that. And uh, you know, it's it's you know a lot of people will use the military as a crutch to extend their opinions or like, well, I'm a veteran or like you know, and like everyone's politicized, but you get like these guys who are like. You know, you'll see it like, you know, look, this person's a veteran and then this is their opinion. And I'm like, dude, this dude is not qualified to talk on like foreign policy nationally because they went to Afghanistan and like they they, they did what they were told by some dude who was like 26 and just happened to be. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, you know, when people ask me certain questions, I'm like, bro, I am, I am not qualified to talk on that. And they're like, well, my friend in my sociology class was in the Air Force, and this is what he had to say. I was like, friend, and I was all that to his face. <laughs> yeah, but you said, yeah, you, said I mean, you cut out on that one. You said your friends are what? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Friends an idiot. Your friend's silly. There you go. There you go. No worries, bro. I, I get it, man. 
Uh, it's it's sometimes people might use their like, you know, it's like you, you, you see these like veteran owned and operated, and I'm like, yeah, this product is terrible. You should not buy it from a veteran because a veteran made it. You should. You can say that about any. That's a different. The imposters are real anywhere we go. That's for sure. Yeah, and... a friend who we we are completely on the opposite ends of like the spectrum of life was. And I didn't get a little political here, but I was like, you know, in 2020, when you know people wanted to lift up, you know, certain things, I was like, you know, that's the new veteran-owned and operated, right? And he goes, what do you mean? I was like, a lot of these people are just going to make terrible products and throw like x you know demographic owned and operated and people are gonna buy it and then they're just gonna cash grab this and then he was like you know a year and a half later he was like dude you're right i was like yeah i know i'm right because that's what people do and people do things that aren't cool man <laughs> lack of a better yeah. term you're correct i agree with that statement i'll say i don't know one one veteran used product that I, I know that I like is Black Rifle Coffee. I actually like that coffee. It's pretty good. They do a good job. I don't know the details of what goes on there, but um, yeah, I know I've I mean, heard him speak. I've met uh, Jared Taylor a couple times. Um, one of my friends served with him. I mean, Matt Best was a contractor as well. Evan Hafer, a contractor as well. I mean, I don't know. I have, I have some opinions, but, you know, opinions don't you know, everyone else, everyone has opinions, you know, so, I mean, I do, yeah, I mean, they've, they've helped some refugees and whatnot, like the Afghan refugees, which is something I've done as well. So, I mean, I'm pretty supportive of them doing that, of them doing that, you know, so other things not so supportive, but it is what it is. (laughs) Yes, sir. Understood. So, I mean, in terms of, in terms of right now, I mean, you're still doing some work in the security background is what you're saying. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I still, that's, uh, that is my, my bread maker right now. Unfortunately, um, you know, we're, we're, we're beginning our transitioning out, but yeah, that is right now how I make the majority of my money, you know? <laughs> Understood. And then also, and we haven't talked about this much, but your coach, yeah. Uh, tell us more about uh, that, please. Yeah, no, I'm a assistant defensive line coach at Missouri Baptist University. Um, it's ironically where the XFL showcase was was there. Um, my boss is um, two of my bosses, technically, right? Um, my head coach is an amazing guy. I interviewed him. Um, just full of football knowledge. Good dude. Um, yeah, I'm not the most like religious guy. Like I've kind of refound myself in faith but you know he is you know legitimately a man of god and um you know it's something that's kind of helped me like get a little bit more on the track of you know finding purpose and whatnot as well so he legitimately like good man good husband good father um you know got to know family a little bit you know his parents as well um and he's a colorado guy which is the sexy thing right now, right? Uh, yep. You know, four years at the University of Colorado um, <clears throat> under Rick Neuheisel and Coach uh, Coach Gary Barnett. Um, 
you know, was part of a couple Big 12 championship teams. Um, played, you know, he's listed as a wide receiver, but a special teams guy. You know, wasn't, you know, wasn't the biggest dude, wasn't, you know, the fastest dude, but, you know, he got a couple opportunities to make some plays. He's on, he is on their 2001 or 2000 highlight, highlight, um, highlight film. He has a pass completion to Patriots tight end Daniel Graham. Which is pretty awesome, you know, to a first round pick. And you know, it, at that time, Colorado, like people were losing their mind about Colorado. Now it's like from 1990 to like 2002, man. Like Colorado was bee's knees. And even you can go a little further than that. You got a, you know, you got, um, you know, after that, you had guys like Brendan Schwab was there and yep. Eric Joel Klatt. But you know, when Coach B was there, he had you know Daniel Graham. Um, Eric Bieniemy was on the staff. Uh, Vance Joseph was on the staff. Um, you know, you know, a guy named Tyler Braden, who was an NFL first round pick, was was there. And you know, Andre Gerard, I think, was there as well. I don't know if he was before or after. And, you know, he had some remnants of the the national championship team as well. So I mean, like B's experience is, you know, and I feel like sometimes the kids, you know don't pick his brain enough just because the amount of connections he's made there. And then, you know, uh, coached at a division two school for a while. Um, in addition to some high school, he was a GA at Colorado for a little bit as, as well. And I think position coach, but, uh, you know, he coached, I believe it was Riley Patterson, the kicker. Um, yeah, it was Riley, Riley Patterson, the kicker from, uh, you know, he's in the NFL now because he's in our local area. But, yeah, he's, you know, got a couple NFL guys under his belt as far as, like, guys he's coached. And, um, you know, it's – and then the other gentleman that I, you know, work under is a man named Charles Coe. And, you know, Coach Coe is probably one of the – you know, he's been doing this for 50-plus years. Um, you know, he was a, he was a Kansas State guy, played there. Um he he uh, go through it. So he was Kansas State. Played minor league baseball for the for the Detroit Lions in like the sixties or seventies. Played like five weeks with the St. Louis Cardinals of the NFL in the sixties or seventies. And wow. he, yeah, no, he's he's old. Um, <laughs> which you know, I, 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 you know, he is one of the greatest men you know I've met in football. You know, his son is Michael Coe, Super Bowl champion with the Giants. His grandson is Rodney Coe, played like a cup of tea in the NFL. Coach Coe has coached at Pitt. He's coached at Mizzou. He's coached at Memphis. He's coached at Tennessee. And then he was the head coach um, in 2007. He was the wide receivers coach for the Oakland Raiders. Um, and then he was also the head coach of – of um, Alabama State University, which a young man, which he calls him Reggie, but we call him Coach Barlow, gotcha. was was his you know next in line. Um, who you know Coach Barlow became the uh, the wide receiver or the uh, excuse me the quarterbacks coach and then the head coach and whatnot. But yeah, he was under uh, the Tavares Jackson era. It was like Tavares Jackson that became Greg Jenkins, who ended up playing wide receiver for the Raiders for a little bit. But yeah, and then 
I think CC did a stint as like an offense coordinator for uh, FCS school for a little bit in Texas, and then you know he's been at MoBat since 2014, and he's you know a stabilizing presence, you know, just kind of doing it because he loves to do it, you know, and he's, but yeah, he he was on Jamar Russell's era when when he was there in Oakland, and it's funny, you know, CC's the best because you know he'll you'll bring up a name. Like, you know, he was, we were talking about the XFL one day. And I was like, what was Coach Barlow like when you were like coming up? You know, and he was like, oh, Reggie. <laughs> it's just like, it's, I'm, you know, obviously Coach Barlow is a big name, but there's been names like, you know, I've been, you know, talking about Jerry Rice. He's like, yeah, yeah, right. Rice was, he's just off, off killer. You're like, what do you, what do you mean? You know, and then the kid, kids will do that sometimes too is they'll we'll be in meetings and they'll just be like you know what was this player like but they'll use their first name and i'm just like do you know that guy could you call him right now and they're like no i'm like hey it's full man yeah you'll see this is built different <laughs> yeah you tend to forget that once you start following somebody and, and you know, they're famous and you meet them, they probably don't want you using their first name. Uh, proper, proper, proper way to do this is Mr. Mrs. Yeah. Sir, ma'am, you know, but I don't know, uh, man. You know, it's usually, you know, with the coaches, when I interview them, it, uh, it always is, you know, coach. And then they'll usually tell me like, Hey, you can call me, you know, Austin or Jason or Jed or, whatever the they want, you know, and, you know, it would, it would pretty, we yeah, are pretty cordial, but then, you know, when I'm around players, you know, it's always, you know, it's always coach, you know, and, you know, it's the thing, it's kind of like, it's kind of like in the kitchen, you know, everyone calls each other chef as a sign of respect more than anything else, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so in terms of coaching, is this something like, are you going to try to keep pursuing this? Are you going to be a, yeah. like, keep going with this? Yeah, this is the next career step, you know, um, you know, give back. Um, you know, I do have some other businesses that I, I are a little less stressful that I would, you know, love, um, if they kind of supplemented more income, which it, you know, based off the projections, it looks like they are, but, um, you know, it's like, I don't know if I need to go coach at, you know, the NFL or, you know, or, you know, the university of Alabama, you know, um, you know, so it's like, you got a school like MOBAP is like kind of awesome for me, you know, it's, you know, NAIA school, which is about the equivalent of, uh, division football um you know a lot of guys come out of the naia and have good careers for them you know grandview grandview university is one that continually puts a couple guys um to the nfl and whatnot but in that but in that sense you know like you know it's just you know i'd be at this program for a couple years and you know we'll see what happens and you know just Right now, the only thing I could say is that I, I play Missouri Valley College next, uh, excuse me, tomorrow. And, you know, even on my computer, you know, when we were doing our preload, I was looking at film and, you know, just looking at their roster and just kind of, you know, seeing if one of them, you know, I got a real good guy, defensive end down there who 
you know, I want to see if I can get him to, you know, work a certain move. If maybe that's something to work to kind of get free him up a little bit against a guy who's kind of standing straight up. So, you know, that's, we can talk about the, like the future, you know, but I'll coach as long as it's something I can do, something I want to do. I love coaching at the college level. Um, you know, I've coached high school. I've, lo- I've coached, you know, the semi-pro and all that stuff. And, you know, this right now, this level of, football where I'm at, you know, like I feel is pretty competitive and it's been, you know, a lot of drinking from the fire hose. And every time I think I know something, I don't, but you know, it's, uh, you know, I got, I work with some great guys, a great staff and, you know, they've taken me in and, you know, they understand I can't do this full time right now because one availability of, you know, job position and two, like, you know, need a certain dollar amount to, transition out but in the end it's been an amazing experience sounds awesome i'm jealous i used to be a coach but it was public schools and it it was not enjoyable compared to what you're speaking of (laughs) very little football more of everything else is is unfortunately how it turned into yeah and there's definitely some mentoring you got to do and you got to talk to these kids about you know there's a lot of like filling in the gaps of you know, their parents and what the parents didn't teach. And we were talking in the meeting the other day, a kid was like, yeah, I would, I would like to play in Canada. I think that'd be cool. And I was like, okay, do you know, like the vet minimum there or the rookie minimum? And it's like 58 or $68,000. And I was like, okay, cool. Like then what's next? And it's like, you got a tax up in Canada down here and you need to find a place up there and it's this and that. And there he's like, so yeah, it's not really sixty-eight thousand dollars. I was like, no, it's not. He's like, we'll do it. I was like, either a they have hooks up there, to where they're not paying for housing and doing this and doing that, or b there's no other choice, and they're so close to the NFL that this is what they can do until the you know the USFL or the XFL calls, and they can make less money on paper but tax less down. Exactly. Alabama or something there, you know, Ohio or whatever it is. I was like, because in the end, like, and it's also 21 weeks or something like that. And these kids like looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, do you guys not think of like, I don't be the old man yelling at the sky. But I was like, I thought about this stuff all the time when I was their age. It seems easy when you're young. I know I was an athlete as well, and I actually signed to an AIA school back in the day. I didn't play, but I signed. Where'd you um, go? It was actually so- called Lambeth Lambeth University back in the day. It was in uh, Jackson, Tennessee. It's now it's like Middle Tennessee something. I don't know exactly. Okay. <clears throat> but Hugh yeah. Freeze was there at that time. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? I said you're dating yourself. You're 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 doing mm-hmm. you're, you're doing that. Yep, yep. And that was a couple years later. I mean, he was gone the year after that, and then he had you know he got shipped off a few different times. Uh, that program folded, and then someone bought them out there, another college chain. But yeah, <laughs> I know the NAIA guys. They're they got a lot of skill over there, and it tends to be a lot of athletes that don't really have the grades. I feel like. But there is a lot of skill. I think our minimum is like a 2.0 and NCAA is like a 2.3 or something like that. So, I mean, you know, it's 
you know, it's like every level of football though. There's always second chance guys. There's always guys who want to stay a little bit more local. Like, you know, some of these kids yeah, are extremely realistic. They're like, Hey man, like, yeah, I can go like our big school in St. Louis would be Lindenwood. Right. And it's like, I'm familiar. Yeah. Some of them are like, yeah, I can go to Lindenwood, but you know, I'm not going to play as much. I'm not going to, you know, you know, it's going to take a while for me to get on the field and there's no guarantee of that. I'd rather go to Missouri Baptist or like any, any school and, you know, have a chance to compete and get an education. They sell my major and, you know, and just have fun versus, you know, like, you know, ride the bench for three years at another school. And, you know, some, you know, and that happens at our level too, you know, it happens at every level, but, you know, some, some kids realize that, you know, the, the NFL is not in their cards pretty early and, you know, they still want to play football because it's a great game and, and, you know, it's a, it's, it's something to do, keep you in shape and, you know, you, it's, it mirrors life in a lot of ways, you know, and it's not a bad stick for them. Um, while others, you know, once they hit that reality of, okay, I'm not going to the NFL, like they're just done with the sport. Um, you know, being a college athlete right now is a pretty profitable time, but I don't think a lot of kids realize as far as like, you know, like I was talking to Matt Bierman about this, who's Blaine Gabbert's um, QB coach, Blaine and Brett Gabbert's QB coach. And uh, it's like, man, they, they don't realize how much like money they're throwing away, like on the side, even with their scholarships and everything, man. Like, you know, like scholarship is year to year. You know, you get a four-year scholarship, but you, know, you got to perform or else they'll take that bad boy away. And it's like, what, you got to foot the bill for three years at a private university? Okay, bud, good luck. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's expensive. You know, like, you know, sometimes, you know, people make those impulsive decisions to quit playing football and then don't realize you have to pay for college now. <laughs> Yeah, that as a youth, that's what drove me not to play is because I had a scholarship worth probably six thousand a year, but tuition with board was close to thirty for the year. I'm sorry, it was six thousand per semester. And then tuition and board was like thirty thousand. And then I, I went to a state school because I mean I still got debt, but it was like max two G's a year. So it was worth it to me. I do miss playing though. Yeah, I mean, coming out of college with eight, what would that be? Eight grand in debt. That's that's a win. That's just yep. you you can off as a car payment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you keep your high school car, and you know we talk about that as as well. But yeah, man, I like keep your high school car. You know, you know, working extra overtime shift or something like that here and there, and then. I mean, eight G's is a lot of money, but it really isn't if you if you want if you want to get rid of if you want to save eight G's, it's not that hard. No, and I'll tell you that's the cheap the cheap part is the undergrad. the the where I got in debt was the master's degree in the the specialist program. That's where that's where they got me because that shit's expensive. And yeah, I mean, unless you're actually doing it for a position like an education, it's not really useful in my opinion. You know. Um, so that that's me speaking, just because I have that background. Yeah. But you gotta but have anyway. It. Yeah, dude, you do gotta have it, and it just sucks that it costs so much. You know, it, it's kind of like 
once you get started on that path, you better finish it because you can't go back. You can't start over. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 you know, we get a little off topic here, but the thing is, is we've, you know, we've always told everyone you have to go to college to get a good job. You have to go to college and get a good job. And then everyone goes to college and it's like, well, some of you guys, you know, are kind of incompetent who went to college. And yep. it's like, you know, you have a good job because you don't, you know, you, and I hate saying that, but it's like, if everyone's got a college degree, you know, you know what matters? Not the fact that you have a college degree, you know, and like going to high school, you know, it's, it's really what it comes down to. I agree with yeah, you. You got to have some life skills. And I mean, that's, that's a harsh thing to say, but it is the true reality of it. Like, you know, you got all these, everyone got a college degree. Okay. Like, what can you do? Well, like nothing, because all I've done is gone to school. Okay. What can you do? Well, I started a land business and now we, we gross 96 grand a year as a kind of a side project. All right, man, well, you seem like you can balance a budget and show up on time. So you're going to have this, you're going to have this job with your college degree now. Great. Yeah, you, you uh, are correct. Yeah, yeah. In terms of an athlete, it, it's tough too because I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of factors to really involve besides just playing. Uh, so that's what I think about it. But yeah, let's move on, dude. We we talk about this for thirty minutes. <laughs> uh, so you basically told us how you got started covering sports. In terms of coaching, I mean, do you want to share how you got started in doing that? Like, what what made you, drove you to uh, coach? Yeah. Um, you know, I just always love the game and, you know, I always love like the analytic part of the game and, you know, just kind of doing like watching film, watching the old 22, watching on YouTube, like people talk about football, excuse me. Um, you know, and it just kind of, when I interviewed coach B, we just kind of hit it off and, uh, you know, I was talking to him and, you know, he was asking me if I ever coached before and I was like, you know, I, I have here and there, but. You know, really like looking at some possibilities of maybe next year. And you, you know, you said, Hey, I got some, you know, possible like small time, you know, like part time uh, assistant opening, you know. And I said, Let me think about it. And then I saw him at the showcase and I talked to him and I said, Hey, you know, like I talked to him, you know, girlfriend about it. And, you know, it's just to me, it, it just, it's starting to make a little bit too much sense to do it. And he was like, okay, send me an email. We'll talk about more. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it, dude. Like full send. And, uh, you know, August 5th to today or August 7th to today, excuse me, <clears throat> you know, it's been nonstop. And, you know, I'm, I'll always be grateful for him for the opportunity, whether I do this for one year or, you know, 25 years, you know, because in the end, you gave me an opportunity to coach the college ranks and look at it and learn from him and, you know, everyone on this staff, you know, like <clears throat> it's a pretty diverse staff. Um, you got guys who have been in the program from their freshman year to, to now. You got guys who came from other programs, um, you know, that were all Americans. Like we talked about Coach B. Um, in CC, like Coach Co, about their backgrounds. You got guys played at different levels without the game and whatnot. And, uh, 
you know, it's just so many different guys that like talk to you and like pick their brains and, you know, yeah, just to me, sometimes it's information overload sometimes, but, uh, in the end, you just kind of try to learn one or two things from these guys a day and, you know, you know, what to do, what not to do. And hopefully by the end of it, you're a little bit more prepared. And that's kind of how I feel right now is, you know, I'm starting to, you know, obviously we're focused on this year, but I'm starting to build my, like, practice plan for next year even. So it's it's definitely it's definitely a – you know, stepping stone and whatnot, but it's something we, you know, we continue to work on and, you know, off season we'll be working on a lot of my own stuff as far as, you know, just reevaluating film and how coach B wants me to do things and, you know, just kind of continue to go grow as a coach, man. It's really, really all I can do, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Stay humble. And it sounds like you are, you're learning while you can. So it's awesome, man. Like I said, that was a dream of mine as a youth is, is just football all day, all night, waking, thinking about, you know, all that was my life, I thought, but things worked out differently. Um, so it's definitely awesome that you get that experience, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a couple things that, like, I wonder whether it would have happened if I did this or that, and you know, I try not to really think about it anymore because, like, you know, it's it's not in my wheelhouse to control things that, you know, from the past or anything. So, I mean, it is what it is. You know, sometimes things happen a certain way. Sometimes they don't. And, you know, in the end, I'm pretty happy where I'm at in life. I, I have a great woman by my side who I'm grateful for. I have some really good friends. And I have some really, you know, kick-ass experiences. And that's really all that matters, you know. Writing a good story. And that's really it. Agreed. Agreed. I got a question from Mike G. He's editor in chief. He helps out with the show. He said, who are your coaching influences? So, I mean, who, who's your, your role models, I guess, for coaches? I mean, I really, I, don't, I really don't have it. You know, something I've learned in life is you don't, you don't really want to meet, meet, meet your heroes, you know, in, in that sense. Um, so my coaching influences is, is my staff I'm with right now. Um, because in the end, like that's that's my team, and we all need, like you know, I I need to work with them as they need to work with me, and you know, there are certain things I have from like my high school coach. There's certain things I have from a guy named Kerwin Scott, who was one of my coaches when I was with the Marines. Um, uh, there's another gentleman I forget his last name, but his name was Gunny John. Uh, he was the Marine team coach that I pecked from him. And, you know, he, he was an awesome guy, but there's a lot of things he did that I wouldn't have done. And, um, you know, it's, in my opinion, you know, there's a lot of things that, like, I I like what, like, Coach B does and CC does. And, you know, it's just, like, things that I feel that would benefit me if I found my own style to do it. So, like, right now, still pretty young in the game and, you know, taken from there. You know, a lot of people say, like, you know, I want to be like Saban and whatnot. It's like, do you? Because do you even know who Saban is? Do you, do you even know who Bill Belichick is? Like, actually know who he is? Like, you know, it's one thing when you've been on their staff and whatnot. But, like, that's the thing is, like, I feel sometimes when you meet these coaches and they've never actually met the people they want to, like, be around. Like, I, I don't think that's, in the, you know, the true, truest form, you know. And, uh, 
you know, when you get around some of these guys and even, you know, you have to be on their staff in my opinion, but if you are around them at the seminars and like, you know, everything like that, then I think it's a little bit different in my opinion. Understood. You're saying it's, it's different now that you're a coach rather as a spectator or a fan, you know, now you kind of got a different way of thinking about it. Yeah. And, you know, I talked to a couple like USFL coaches a decent amount, like just, um, you know, one or two XFL coaches, like when I have questions about certain things or, you know, just like, you know, um, so, I mean, I, I try to get my brain, my, like pick everyone's brain. Um, you know, these are people I've actually had conversations with and whatnot. So that's what I try to do. Um, you know, just continue to ask questions or, you know, or like, you know, if I have a question and I'll pull something up on film, I'll send them a video. And, uh, you know, there's even a couple like XFL players who are like my age that I talk to as well. And, you know, we kind of, you know, just kind of say like, what do you, what do you think about this and stuff like that? So, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm pretty fortunate that, you know, I've met in business, uh, couple of people like prominent athletes and whatnot and then you know through the XFL I've met more cool coaches and you know you know so it's always like picking everyone's brain to kind of find like the best way for me to like learn a scheme or like teach a skill or something like that understood let's move on uh, I'll try we'll try to hop off in about 20 minutes if that's cool dude I don't want to keep you all more I'm sure you got stuff to do if you do need to roll just let me know all right no worries I think we're on a good path still. Cool, cool. Just wanted to make sure. I know you're a busy man, so that's why I asked. So in terms of interviewing or covering a sport or athlete, what do you find some important factors? What what do you really try to, to, to show individuals at home or, or grasp for yourself or your own knowledge base? I mean, I think a, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for me is when I'm talking to people, kind of just getting to showcase them as a person, you know, um, especially when you talk to, you know, the college coaches and whatnot. Excuse me. Sorry. You're good. I'm going to talk to early. coaches and whatnot. Um, you know, I always tell them, it's like, hey, this is an advertisement of your program. So, you know, the things that you don't get to tell these parents, we can talk about here and like, you know, we can, you know, it's like usually me, like I'll do my homework, obviously, you know, kind of look, you know, a lot of it's like, hey, man, you were, you know, here, here and here. What about these three places you've been at? And, uh, you know, like, like when I could talk with Coach Babcock from McKendry, he was working with uh, Joel Klatt over there. You know, obviously, we all know who Joel Klatt is. And, uh, you know, we talked about some stories with him and everything. And he had Josh Johnson as his quarterback when he was at UC or University of San Diego. So it's like you have these guys like, you know, I love sharing those stories because, you know, it's the next best thing of like, what was Joel Klatt like as a 25-year-old? What was Josh Johnson like in college? You know, like, so it's 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 always cool to showcase, to showcase some of that and, um you know, just also get the insight. It's, you know, kind of a recruiting pitch as well. You know, we talk scheme, we talk, you know, some of the guys who've been in the program, we've talked about, you know, a lot of different stuff, talk about them a little bit, 
um, you know, when I had Coach Mendez on from uh, <clears throat> from William Woods, we talk about, you know, just his influence in Texas and, like, bringing that up to Missouri right now and, you know, just looking at the list. And then we talk, you know, when I'm not interviewing coaches, you know, uh, uh, we talk with John Huff of uh, GSV talking just – that's more of like just two dudes talking ball and whatnot. Um, you know, Matt Bierman, that was a recent interview that was with, you know, Blaine Gabbard's trainer and he's Brady Cook's trainer and Cody Schrager, you know, done work with Cody Schrager and go, they go down the list. It's, you know, a lot of those guys are just talking ball. We're talking about like the kids and whatnot as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, different, you know, just you gotta gauge conversations, knowing people. You know what I mean. You know, and sometimes you get the opportunity to talk to some of these guys, and it's just it's just a lot of what's the word I'm looking for. It's a lot of just like you know, you gotta have the question. Like you know, you talk to Rush Brandon, you gotta have three or four different questions lined up pretty pretty quickly, and then you know, you talk with uh, you know maybe Clint Sig. It's a little bit more informal because he's kind of you know. He's, he's around my age and you know i love clint clint's one of the you know greatest guys i've ever interviewed also so it's a you know it, it's a spectrum to be honest with you understood and that's that's what i have to ask i mean i've asked that question to quite a few individuals and i've gotten a different answer every time so it's insightful yeah. and, and i get it i mean it's almost like when you're talking to them in their professional sense, you have to stick to that kind of script. But once you get to peel that backwards a little bit, you can really get to know an individual, their memories their background. And that, I don't know, that's what I value more most of the time, but it's not appropriate for every situation. So I, I stop, man. Yeah. And like when I had Clint on, it was his first time he's ever been in studio in the, you know, you know he's, how old Clint's, I think, 25, 26. He's younger than me. He's a little bit jazzed up, you know. He's getting ready to go to his first professional camp. And I was like, hey, man, you good? He's like, yeah, I'm good. And I was like, you want to zen? Like, just to, like, calm down a little bit, bro. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Clint – I always got a lot of good feedback from that interview with Clint. You know, a lot of people have said a lot of good things to me about it. So I'm always hold dear in my heart. My first, that was my first one in my studio. Um, you know, there's two guys I always hold dear in my heart. Um, like from an interview sense, it's going to be always Clint Sig for coming in studio and uh, Terry Myrick of the of the michigan panthers because he was my first interview in person and uh you know my my you know girlfriend is a big terry myrick fan now because she was because i was in atlanta and he met me at my airbnb it's a deal wow. and i'm doing then the the visual didn't work so i had to put like audio or like templates on the audio and i was just like you know we, it was a slideshow but us two mm -hmm. talking and i was like I have no idea what I'm doing, and he was uber. And remember Terry, the designated like, like I ha I always get water for everyone who comes on, right? Like I always have like you know, fancy water, and uh, there's two waters there, and I forget, you know, there's there were Fiji's, 
and he looked at it and he goes, is this for me or something like that? I was like, yeah. He goes, no one's ever done that for me. And I was like, give you what? I was like, what? You know, I thought I was doing like the right thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Whatever. I mean, you can keep it. And that means a lot. So I'm like, thank you. And I was like, I don't know, you know, like you come on my show, you have some water, you know, <laughs> like, so yeah, it was, it was, but yeah, you know, and I've talked with Terry's dad a couple times too. He's a pretty good guy as well. So it's, uh, you know, those two guys will always stick out in my mind. <laughs> understood. Understood. That's what the next question was. Describe your best media experience. I don't know if you want to pertain that to the interview or not, but figured out to ask. Yeah. Anytime I'm in the studio, it's my best media experience, man. Like, it's always cool. Like, the next the next group of people I'm going to talk to, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's 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 getting to meet a new person and hear their story and hear their gift of gab and just, like, you know, shoot, shoot the shit, essentially, you know? That's what I enjoy, to be honest with you. It's, it's getting to talk to the actual person. Once we get past the officials and, and get past the the titles it's really just like who are you why do you think how you do that that's me so i get it that's 100 in there man what about least favorite man any memory oh, getting, like hell getting, that he stood up man i've been stood up three times so you know it happens you know i, yep. I guess at least when I stood you up, I no call. I, I didn't no call no show. I'm talking about no call no show three times. He, he played in the XFL, and he texted me a minute before he was supposed to be here and said, "Hey, I, I don't want to do this. I don't think it's good for me." And I said, "All right, cool." And then he got released from his team the next day, so that made all the sense. Yeah, I mean, I've been stood up once myself. No call, no show. And I, I get it, especially when you center your show around one individual, you're, you're featuring this guest yeah. to, to talk and they don't even give you the respect, but I've kind of learned that was one time out of this is the 27th interview I've done live. And that was one show. I had one other person bail on me, but he contacted me cause he had some medical issues and it was legitimate and we got him on as soon as we could. But like, no, man, if, if you got to yeah. cancel, you, I think you did right. You let me know the night before. It wasn't like I got up, expected you to be there, and then you told me you weren't going to be there. So, I mean, I, I think that's plenty of due yeah. notice. You... There was a lot, yeah. I mean, like, I was – that was a busy work week for me, and I was just – didn't – I think I could have done it in the car, but I don't think that would have been the most appropriate thing. and. You know, I've done interviews in the car before, but like I've told them like, hey, I'm in the car and they're just like, yeah, we don't care. You know, it's like that, you know, that I get, you know. Yep. Yep. I understand. And then people don't realize like unless you got your own thing like sponsors or something worked out along the lines, you don't get paid like this right now. You're doing this for free. You're spending hour and a half, two hours to talk on the Internet. I mean, with me. This, this, and I don't get paid for this. So it's, it sometimes things come up. Life happens. Bills have to get paid, especially nowadays with the way things go. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have cash. No way around it. No, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm constantly grinding on something, you know what I mean? So, 
I'm very, I'm very lucky that, uh, you know, financially I've worked pretty hard to where, uh, you know, I'm able to figure some things out, but yeah, it's definitely not the most, uh, fun time, you know, working a bunch of hours and all that goofy stuff, but you know, I do it anyway, just cause you know, I, I love ball. Um, I'm lucky I do make a little bit of money doing, you know, all the media and the writing and stuff. So there's something, but uh, all good. Yeah, it is what it is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just had to ask. So I got like three more questions for you and then we'll see if any of the fans have some questions. I know there was a couple that I didn't pick on yet just because we were in the middle of combo. Um, so man, if you could pick one athlete today to interview, who would it be and why? Anybody. Oh man, I, 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 what's, what's, what's the dude they do in Fight Club? Abraham Lincoln, because he had a good reach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know if you valued any more, you know, anybody from, from the past, our present, certain sports. So I just oh, figured man. I'd ask. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard question because, you know, it depends on the flavor of the week, right? Like, you know, it just, it just depends on the flavor of the week for me. Um, I don't, I don't really know, you know, like, I, I, I mean, I have a list of people in the local St. Louis area that I've reached out to that, you know, like, I'd like to talk to you. Um, but I mean, I... I mean, I, I kind of hate that question. It's a good question on your end. I, I hate it. like, in the end, I just, uh, you know, to me, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, you come on the show, I didn't talk to anyone. You know? There's, you know, I've worked with a very specific group of people over the past, you know, seven, eight years of my life. And I hate to say that no one like impresses me anymore, but you know, I could meet Taylor Swift tomorrow and not really care. Like that's kind of, you know, I think that's most of us really, man. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know. Like I could meet, I don't know. I can meet from the football space. I can meet Tom Brady. I I can meet the rock tomorrow. I feel like you're cool. That's a big one. Adorable. I don't get I I don't get starstruck, man. Like not anymore, you know. Been there, done that on certain aspects. I mean, Same. I if you wanted to go and like, let's do this. If you wanted to go, like, I'll I'll, I'll break it into four categories. Then how about that? I would like cool. to be in the CFL. I would like to meet and sit down you know, do very casual by the fire pit type interview. I would like to meet uh, probably Ricky Ray, I think, would be a pretty cool one to talk with. Um, you know, balancing one of the greatest quarterbacks in the CFL. I think that would be either Ricky Ray or Warren Moon would be probably the two guys that come to mind the most. Um, in the USFL – I think I could have a great conversation with uh, Case Cookus and maybe Jamar Smith. And I would like to talk to them about their experiences. You know, Jamar's from the bench compared to last year, you know, or from 2022 where he was the guy up until the third quarter of the championship game. 
in the XFL, you know, I've talked with AJ a lot, but having him, you know, in a more relaxed setting, that would probably be my guy. Um, either I'd say either AJ or, um, you know, Luis Perez. Because I've seen some interviews with him, but I'd love to have Luis Perez, you know, with, Same. You know, with a drink in, in the hand. Like, you know, not getting, you know, just a more, you know, smoke a cigar and a drink. Because, uh, you know, I've known his agent for a little bit. I've done some work with his agent. So, I mean, I think Luis is one of the cooler guys in this community. Agreed. And, uh, you know, having him in a more relaxed setting, I think would be cool. And then there's in the NFL. Let's see who, man, this is going to sound weird, but in the NFL, I would, I would like to interview Brian Hoyer. Interesting. Or or Chase Daniel, like one of these backups who is just, been around the league for so long with uh, around all these great quarterbacks and talk to them and just like pick their brain. I think I could talk to Brian Hoyer or Chase Daniel for probably about like four hours. Now Chase Daniel, he's, he's a Missouri guy, isn't he? Yeah. So he's originally from Texas, but he's uh went to Mizzou. He was on their Mizzou yeah. team. till Oh eight. Yeah, I think that's when Mizzou was like the number two team in the country. They beat they beat KU and KU was like number four. Uh, Todd Reesing was their quarterback a little bit, but yeah, um, some great players on that team. I think Sean Weatherspoon was on that team. Um, uh, Jeremy Macklin was on that team. Uh, Chase Kaufman was on that team. It was it was just you know. NFL guy. It's kind of like how you look at the University of Alabama or Georgia where there's just like that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. It was nonstop. Yeah, I was, I grew up part of my years in Southern Missouri, so I'm familiar. I remember those were the Mizzou heyday years. I mean, yeah. it was very rah-rah Mizzou back then. Where, where, you, where were you at? Southeast Missouri, down at the bottom, little oh, tiny town. It, what, say it again? Are no, worse. Worse than worse. that. Worse than that. On the fin. Uh, oh, not that bad. Uh, town was called Crothersville. It's not oh, far yeah. from Kennedy. Yeah, no, I know exactly where Crothersville is. It's yeah. funny. I was in Colorado for a little bit, and when I told them I was going to Haiti, they were like, hey, Ty, <laughs> the, the exit 17. <laughs> I was like, no, Haiti. They're like, yeah, exit 17. Why you got Why you got to take it? I'm like, dude. Uh, old Crothersville. Yeah. Yeah, that's my high school years were spent there. Um, and part of some of my other life at, growing up, and some of my uh, education career, unfortunately, wound up back, back there in that area. And is that great. Bollinger? Is that Bollinger? I'm sorry. Is that, uh, what, Bollinger? What is that, that is Emma Scott. Emma Scott. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, not the best area. It's not the worst over there for sure. But I know, you know, being there, that's the biggest thing for me was being there for the guys, being a mentor, trying to get guys not to, I mean, go straight to the streets. That was that was a hard job to, to do back there. But I miss it sometimes because, man, there are some great athletes that come out of that area. 
Yeah, and they, they, they get washed out, man, it's just because they don't apply themselves. You know, one name is uh, Coney Ely, like about an hour north of here. He was a New Madrid County guy. Yeah, I played him in high school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, when you, when you know down there, you know, you know. And, I mean, he, he, he was a Mizzou guy, too, I think. So, I mean, there's a, there a, a lot of them, a lot of good guys at one point. But, yes, sir. Yeah, I mean. Timo is on the up and up right now. I mean, this year they're one and three, one and four. But I mean, last year they were pretty good, and they got a couple guys on the NFL radar right now. I was between there and Arkansas State in schools, and I chose Arkansas State instead. But if not, I would have ended up in Simo myself. Go, go Red Wolves! <laughs> it's okay. It's that place has come a long way now too since when I was there. Yeah. I mean, uh, Blake Blake Rupe is a uh, you know a guy I know, and uh, he went to Arkansas State before he ended up going to Notre Dame. So we're 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 fans. We're fans of that over here. Sounds good, dude. See, it's a smaller world than what we think. I know. I see a lot of your content, and it was Missouri driven. So I knew that you were in that area somewhere. There's a lot of Missouri stuff, and and, and yeah. I knew it. I mean, we didn't. We don't. We don't have the private jet yet, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> If you do, come swoop me up. I'll roll with you. (laughs) That's the plan, you know, right now is to get that private jet first. And then from there, we'll be able to, uh, you know, make a little bit bigger impact on the content and whatnot. Got to go after that Zoa or Tiamana sponsor there. (laughs) Something big. I don't know about that. I think right now, I think right now the plan is to... Oh, being take my Ford Fusion to Texas and just hit or Ohio, I think is what we're going to tour Ohio and interview 34 head coaches in Ohio from That's awesome Ohio Wesleyan to Ohio State. So need to get a couple more subscribers before I do that, before they let some dude, you know, talk to uh, Ryan Day, but we'll figure it out, you know. You'll get there, man. And uh, just from viewing your work before we even dis- discuss talking, I mean, you you have legitimate content. It's not just shit that people are putting out every day. Your your content is worth watching, and I'll speak that either from a fan standpoint, uh, coaching, analytics, whatever you want. You can kind of find what you want in your content. So I think you'll you'll get there, man. I'm trying, definitely trying. Uh, let's go with the next question, dude. What's like your long-term goals? I know you said you're going to pursue coaching now pretty hardcore. I mean, is that what you're, you're set on for a career in the future? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think we're going to do that and, uh, you know, we're just going to, I'm just going to take it for where, where it goes. You know, I'd love to, and my goal is to interview on the media side every, every college coach or every every football program in the united states um you know i'm at seven right now technically you could say i'm at like 15 because i did short ones with during glvc media day but i'm talking about having them in studio or you know going to campus um it's it's really something i love doing um and you just learn so much from these coaches and you form the relationships and you know, it's just it's it's fun to do it. I love doing it. It's not a big it's not a big uh, big deal right 
we maybe just go and talk ball with them and have a good time. Um, you know, it's and they, everyone's got a story. You know, like you know, you take a guy like Coach Ball. His dad um, was the DPP for the Las Vegas Locomotives in in uh, the, the UFL. You know, and you know he's coached a couple of Chiefs players and whatnot. So I mean, like you know, we talked about Coach, you know, B Coach Babcock. Um, you know, it's Coach Stuger from Lindenwood was a country music star. You know, Coach Bortle played with some of the you know you know best players in Missouri to come out, and uh, you know he started his own program in in at Fontmont University. Then you got you know Coach Mendez. All-American, you know, offensive lineman, and NAI, Juco, like Cali Juco, dude, and, you know, doing a bunch of cool stuff there. So, I mean, like, they all have stories, and, you know, they're all pretty awesome dudes to, like, talk to you. But, you know, definitely want to continue doing the coaching thing for as long as I can. I mean, as far as what level and how long, you know, I don't really have a time set as long as my bills are getting paid. You know, I know I'll be happy doing it and loving it, and, it's all that matters in my mind and you know all that matters to my girlfriend as well as i'm happy doing it and you know money is extremely important i'm not going to say ignorant to that you know it's kind of why i did the contracting thing for a while but on the flip side um you know i've made a lot of money doing some work and i've made not so much money doing other work and you know what's you know you know once your mortgage is paid and uh i know that's really easy thing to say if you're financially well off, you know, like I get it because I think the same thing sometimes, but, uh, you know, you cannot buy peace of mind 100%, uh, you know, on that. So. Yeah. I muted myself. Sorry. (laughs) I've been coughing, man. So I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, what I was saying is the, the way things have been going, you can't avoid any kind of payments. You're going to be paying taxes or something, even the cost to live. I mean, it's, it's not cheap right now. Yeah. We're rich men of rich North of Richmond, right? <laughs> I don't want to get on that right now, but <laughs> I th- I'm sure we could have many conversations on about that kind of stuff. So I got one more big question for you and then I'll have to see if there's any more questions in the comments, dude. Um, where do you think the state of spring football will be? And then we have to get on the merger. I'm going to get your opinion after this on the merger. So, let's just go to the merger then. Then let's 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 do that. So, what do you what do you think about the merger? In your own opinion, I'm not going to sit and do this long because this has been hashed out a thousand times. Yeah. But I want to know what you think, man. I mean, my personal opinion. I mean, I thought it was inevitable. You know, um, I mean, the XFL has things that the U.S. the USFL wants, and the USFL has things the XFL wants, and the XFL does things that they probably shouldn't do, and the USFL does things that they probably shouldn't do. So if you combine the two, you got your perfect spring league, right? You know, um, one of those is you know obviously St. Louis. Um, that's kind of the pride and joy of having a spring football team is you know or is St. Louis because in reality it is a market, um, <laughs> you know, and we, you know, it kind of happens at that perfect time. Um, you know, granted we have the blues and whatnot, but if, you know, right before the Cardinals and, you know, 
if you can stagger stagger the games for you know when the blues aren't here people are gonna you know show up and have a good time and it's um you know i think i think <clears throat> i think there's a lot of self-realization regarding the regarding the work ethic that these that some people had to put in possibly at the top and of, of at the uh xfl level and i think that kind of maybe messed messed with some you know expectations i think maybe budgeting wasn't you know done appropriately which it is what it is but i mean in the end the real victims to this will always be the players and coaches you know the guys who get that they were professional football players can you know in reality some several of them aren't going to be able to say that anymore so i mean in a perfect world i'd like to see him buck you know appropriately budget this out and you know buck for you know bucket for you know 16 teams this season and you know, just kind of next year go down to 12. And, you know, I know there's the talk of the hubs and whatnots and then have like a draft, a draft based off that and, you know, have all these players go through waivers. So they air quote get like a free shot or a fair shot. But in the end, like what, 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 what are we going to do? You know, people are going to do what they want to do about it. I mean, it's so murky and ambiguous right now and reports come out of this and that and it was the hot topic on for a little bit but like at my uh, in my opinion right now i'm just kind of riding the wave man i'm not trying to speculate you know i've kicked some tires you know heard some things that you know have been pretty much in line with what everyone else is hearing you know some people know things some people don't but in the end this is the reality of the situation understood yeah makes sense man and I, I just wanted to gather your thoughts i'm not going to get into it because the conversation is just that it's it's very redundant at this point we're here mostly opinions we'll get a piece of news here and there but even then it's it, there's nothing official so uh, no i'm 100 uh, in agreement with you on it man like it's you know it's all bs until uh, it's all BS until it's not. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why I wanted to see what you thought, man. You seem very centered. You're not, you're not going to get hype off of a piece of news that drops. So that's when to gather your opinion. Yeah. I mean, it, um, I mean, it is what it is. Like, it, it, you know, it just is what it is. You know, it's like none of my opinions are going to change what, you know, Redbird and the and Fox sports does. Exactly. You know? yeah we just take it and we deal with it that's 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 our option because that's what we do <laughs> all right dude let me ask a couple fan questions and then we'll be good to go i appreciate your time this morning been an hour and a half so far so thank you greatly yeah so rig rocker said what do you find is the hardest thing to coach someone on i think it's always um kind of like I said before, having the gaps in, in, you know, finishing the job that their parents did or didn't do, you know what I mean? Or, you know, some people didn't have both their parents growing up and it's, you know, teaching, teaching some of these kids about life, 
more than anything, you know, having conversation about taxes, like, how do you, like, how do you do this? Like, you know, like, you know, it's kind of that, you know, when you're kind of doing being a pseudo parent to an extent and like, you know, it's, it's managing, it's managing personalities is always fun because, you know, you know, kids and people get in their feelings and, you know, it's sometimes it's like, man, if I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yell at you or I wouldn't like talk to you like this if, if I didn't care and want you to be the best version of yourself, you know, and that's something like, I think some people have some, some issue with is, you know, not really like, you know, people being disappointed or angry isn't, isn't from a place of hate, but it's a place of like caring and wanting to see you be like the best version of themselves. Makes sense. <clears throat> I, I, I relate to that wholeheartedly. I feel like, especially in a high school program, somewhere like I said, Crothersville, those relationships are everything. You can't have a team if your guys don't make grades and get out on that field or if they go to jail and get in trouble or if, you know, like I said, they just fail a lot. That was the number one thing I saw was no one cared about grades and then it was time to get a scholarship. You got a yeah. 1.5, bro. You haven't even done your FAFSA. And you yeah. think a, a recruiter is going to take you serious? I, we've been telling you what to do since the get-go and you haven't done it. There's a few guys that took off, but you know, that that's the sad thing. Yeah, it's it's out of control and like just the headspace and some people's, you know, um what's the word I'm looking for? The headspace and some people's like you know, where they're at, what they think their goals are and all that stuff. And I'm just like, Yeah, dude, that's that's not how the real world works, man. Like you're gonna get kicked in the shin couple times you end up and take yeah when you're playing uh 2a football and you're the the best in the league you're the best in the division you think you're really good then you go play college or you play with a 5a team somewhere and you get your head thumped that, that's another reason to learn you're not you're not there yet <laughs> it's something man it's, it is legitimately something but you know i'm 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 here for the ride, man. Like I'm, you know, I'm having a blast, and I love everything we're doing with everything. And it's, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, and that's all I can say about it. You know. Well, that's about all I got today, Pat. I appreciate you again for coming on, man. I've shared all your information, and I'll put it in the notes too, so it's easy to find. If you want to shout your socials before you hop off, please do. It is an audio show, also. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm by Pat Rafino on Twitter. Um, I think I'm Coach underscore Pat R on Instagram, and then I am uh, uh, analyze and educate on YouTube. Um, I'll be uploading on Monday. Um, fun fact: I have. Um, oh man, help me out! Who am I? Who do I have today? Uh, do you have a schedule? On no, I, I mean, some, you know, because we're dealing with, like, DMs and stuff like that. Sometimes it's kind of just, like, gotcha. last minute. Um, I tried to – I love what you, you got that schedule. I mean, I'd love to do that. It's just – sometimes it's just, like, hey, I'm, I, we got to move a day or two, and, like, there's so I much. Uh, but um, I had Neil Rackers and Dave Brader, both of who are coming on. We're doing a little – you know, three people at once type thing. But yeah, if you don't know who Neil is, Neil is um Neil is a 
you know, NFL kicker for 12 years, and he's a high school coach now. Um, he was an all pro in 2005, and he was on the Cardinals Super Bowl team or Super Bowl team that they, you know, lost to the Steelers. And then, you know, Dave is on the other end of the spectrum. He's a former baseball player who got hurt at Northwest Missouri State and became a punter. Um, he became a punter and, you know, he, he played one season with the, the Jaguars. And, uh, you know, it just, you know, NFL's hard, didn't work out. And he, you know, now coaches kids on punting and kicking and everything. Interesting spot. I'll be looking for it, Pat. I've, I've been watching your stuff even before we decided to, to have a conversation. So we'll definitely oh, be looking good. for it, man. Thank you again for the appearance this morning. Appreciate the time spent. Check out Pat Rafino, guys, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. I'll put it all in the notes. It's scrolling at the bottom right now. Appreciate your insight, dude. And I look forward to the content you create as, as we keep going in this crazy football world we got. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, man. Thanks again, and I hope you have a good day. Amen. Later. Bye-bye. That's it for us, guys. The early morning show. Man, I'm awake now. I wasn't awake when this started. <clears throat> I appreciate you all for listening. If you're listening after the fact, appreciate that also. Like, share, comment, please. Let us know what you think. Trying to get the, the social media game up a little bit, but honestly, as long as we keep putting out content, that's all I really care about. We're starting to get some good guest spots, good interviews, uh, good interactions with the fans during the actual live show. So it's, it's been a great time, and I appreciate you guys and the support. Like I've said, there's no profit here. This is all for the love. I'm hoping to expand out, maybe get some sponsors and such as we go, but that's that's not the goal. So the goal is to just interview and keep rolling and give people content. Appreciate the XFL and XFL board both. Thank you guys, XFL, for letting me cover as well as XFL board for just kind of being a role model and putting our stuff on their site and, and, and you being able to use them for a resource. So thank you guys both. Uh, duh, 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 Tuesday and Wednesday next week, we have shows at 7.30 p.m. Central. Uh, the first one's going to be Taylor Russolino. The second will be Rig Rocker. Um, you should know both of these names by now if you're an XFL fan. If not, no worries. Taylor Russolino is the Arlington Renegades kicker. He played on the championship team last year or last season. And then we have Rig Rocker, who's a super fan for the Houston Roughnecks. Should be a good lineup. If, uh, if you have some comments and questions, shoot them my way. Don't mind asking. I'm looking forward to Tuesday's interview greatly. I've talked with Taylor before at a game, and he's a super down-to-earth guy. Really cool. So it should be a great interview. Anywho, I think that's all for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big developments are underway for the, stat the status of the show. Well, I don't want to say anything until I got some more developed and, and things going, but I'm definitely looking to, to take this beyond just the normal realm of XFL especially considering the merger. So we'll see what happens and, and I look forward to the future, but just pay attention guys. And, and I'll drop some info as soon as possible. Anywho, it's been fun. Been great. I love it. Live it. Do it. XFL, USFL, whatever. If you guys have any interviews or questions, like I said, my DMS are open on basically any platform. Let me know what you think. And again, appreciate you watching. Have a good night and enjoy your weekend. Friday the 13th. Be safe. Seriously.
拜拜哟。